0: Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject. So I want you to invite family and friends, get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Saints and welcome to Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am your host, I am the founder and I am the teacher, Dr. Kamla D. Today is a beautiful day. It is January the 29th. It is a Saturday. We will be covering episode 7 today and guess what? I will share episode 8 tomorrow because Next weekend, I want to get to uh, episode number nine, and that will be on a Saturday because my Sunday is already full. So with that said, let's get this truth on the road. I hope you guys have your Bibles. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I will advise you to go back through the podcast and listen to episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six, And then listen to episode seven. Now, I want to share a a disclaimer before we start. In this episode, I will be talking about Muslims, not in a negative sense. I will be sharing Bible truth and I will be, be sharing facts about some of the things that are going on today. And it involves Muslims. So I know I have some Muslims listening to my podcast and I love you too, because Christ died for you. Also, my hope and prayer is that you accept that one day that Christ is Lord and that he is savior and he is seated at God's right hand. So with that said, now let's move on. So we ended last episode talking about Israel's surrounding neighbors how they accepted and how they responded to the news that Israel was back in, in their homeland of Israel and that they had taken possession of Judah. And I'm quite sure those of you who wrote down the scriptures that I shared in the Holy Bible, that you are convinced now that God gave that land to the Israelis. Okay. So I'm still going to talk a little bit about history, 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 associated with facts. Okay. So in late 2005, the Iranian president, Mohammad, Ahmadinejad, he made world news. Now he was at a conference in Tehran or either Tehran, I think. And the name of that conference was the world without Zionism. Now, in other words, the, the, the conference was about the world without Israel. He said he agreed with the Ayatollah Khomeini who said the occupying regime referring to Israel must be wiped off the face of the earth. But unfortunately, it wasn't the first time he spoke things like this. He made statements like this back in of 2000, uh, uh, 2008, if I'm not mistaken. It was a celebration commemorating the death of the Ayatollah. Now, Ahmadinejad said that The terrorist Zionist regime, referring to Israel, will soon disappear off the geographical scene. Now, in countless speeches, over and over, Ahmadinejad expressed his desire to see the nation of Israel destroyed and her territory given to the Muslim people. Those are facts, people. These are facts, Okay, that I'm sharing with you. Now, his view is shared among the ruling Ayatollahs, millions of Iranian citizens and much of the Arab world. In fact, his intense desire to destroy the state of Israel is as old as the nation itself. Now, since the Israeli Declaration of Independence on May 14th of 1948, we talked about that in the last episode, Israel and her Muslim neighbors have engaged in approximately seven conventional wars. Leader after leader among the surrounding nations has set its sights on the destruction of Israel. Now, in the 1950s and 1960s, Egyptian president Gamal Abdel Nazar was one of them. And he was followed by a host of others just like him. Um, Yasser Arafat. The uh, Ayatollah Khamenei, um, um Muammar Gaddafi, Osama bin Laden and countless other Muslim leaders have called for Israel's destruction. And groups like the PLO, Islamic Jihad, Hamas, Azbala and the Muslim Brotherhood all share the same dream as Ahmadinejad. They literally live for the day when the nation of Israel is wiped off the face of the earth. Now, what they don't know is that thousands of years ago, the Old Testament prophets foresaw this deep-seated hatred for Israel. And guess what? They said it's a sign of the last days and the precursor to the second coming. And when I say they said, I'm talking about the, the prophets of old. Now, looking at the Middle East today, It's no surprise that the nations and and people surrounding Israel share Ahmadijad's anti-Semitism. Now, because the Old Testament prophets foretold their negative reaction to a restored Israel more than 3000 years ago, the prophet Asaph claimed the nations surrounding the restored nation of Israel would be joined together in their contempt for Israel. He said there was they will say, you know, come, let us wipe away the nation of Israel. Let's destroy the memory of its, its existence. That's in Psalms 83, uh, verse four. And let us take for ourselves these pasture lands of God. Psalms eighty three twelve. Now Now, they, they are almost word for word. What we hear in the Middle East today. And we've heard these same declarations from the Muslim world over and over again since May 14 of 1948. So who exactly are the people the Bible predicts will say these things? In Psalms 83, Asap states the following nations will conspire against the people of Israel. That's in Psalms 83 verses 6 through 8. He talks about the Edomites, the Ishmaelites, the Moabites, the Hagrites, the Jebulites, the Ammonites, the Amalekites, the people of Philistia, the people of Tyre, the uh, people of Syria, and the descendants of Lot. So who are these people today? Now, if you were to visit these geographical areas today, you would find that they're home to be Israel's most noted enemies. Yes, they are Israel's most noted enemies. Now, modern day names of the uh, geographic areas where those ancient people once resided are the following. I have to list them saints because they have changed. And I'm talking about the homelands. So the Edomites, they are now Southern Jordan. And the Ishmaelites are Northwestern Saudi Arabia. The Moabites are Central Jordan. And the Higrites, they are Eastern Jordan. The um, Jebelites, they are Northern Lebanon and the Ammonites, they are Northern Georgia and the Amalekites, they are Southern Israel and the Gaza Strip. Philistia is the Gaza Strip. Now, Tyre is Southern Lebanon and Assyria is also Syria. They are Northern Iraq. And the descendants of Lot is Jordan. Okay, so what are these nations doing today? The Gaza Strip is literally governed by Hamas, an Islamic terrorist organization committed to the destruction of Israel. Hamas is also highly influential in the West Bank and the nation of Jordan and Lebanon. Much of Lebanon is home to Hezbollah. A Shiite, it's a, a a Shiite, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing these words correctly. It's a Shiite Muslim terrorist organization committed to the destruction of Israel as well. Now, the other nations such as Syria is certainly no friend of Israel. And they have a long history of harboring terrorists. Saudi Arabia is primarily responsible for the worldwide funding of radical Wahhabist madrasa. Now, these schools promote Islamic militancy. And they they also promote a violent jihad against Israel and the West. In fact, the Taliban is a product of the Saudi funded madrasa in Pakistan, where Obama bin Laden is worshiped. Now Ezekiel, the prophet, the prophet Ezekiel, excuse me, he predicted these same neighbors would say, God has given their land to us. Mm -hmm. That's in Ezekiel chapter 11 verses 14 through 17 and Israel and Judah are ours. Now we will take possession of them. Now, what do we care if their God is there? Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel prophesied this in in, uh, chapter 35 verse 10. Yeah, he prophesied that they would say, what do we care if their God is there? Now, isn't this what we read in the headlines every day? Huh? I know I just heard it on world news. What they saying, this is our land and we don't care about their God. Our God will prevail. Unbelievable. Now, Muslims claim the land of Israel belongs to them. Now that the mountains of Israel have been given to us. Ezekiel 35, 12, 13 prophesied that. Now Syria, which lost the important golden heights in the six day war, they joined a chorus of Israeli detractors in claiming the golden heights belong to them. And, and that's in Ezekiel 36 six two. Now this determination to destroy Israel has resulted in repeated threats and violence. We see it every day on the news. Israel's constantly under attack. Now Israel has been the target of terrorist bombings, rocket attacks conventional wars. In fact, since its inception in May, 1948, the modern state of Israel has engaged in no less than half a dozen conventional wars with their neighbors. And one reason and one reason only this is happening is because Israel's neighbors claim the land belongs to them exactly as the prophet Ezekiel foretold more than 2,600 years ago. Now, given just the conventional wars alone since 1948 uh, through 1956, 1967, and 1973, and so forth, don't you find it strange that Israel has won all of these wars? Now, I want you to keep in mind, Israel is one of the world's smallest nations. And prior to 1967, it was even smaller than it is now. So don't you find it at least or either at best curious that one of the world's smallest nations is also one of its greatest military powers? Yet God predicted this outcome Centuries in advance, more than 600 years before Jesus, God said the enemies of Israel will possess her land, including the Golden Heights. But God also said, I will bring them back. Ezekiel 36 verses one through five in his valley of the dry bones vision. Where well, God breathes life back into the Jewish people, the prophet Ezekiel says the Jewish people came to life and stood up as an exceedingly great army, in Ezekiel 37, verse 10. Now, Zechariah the prophet Zechariah. He repeated this promise. Speaking of the day when Israel is like a fire among sheaves of grain, burning up the neighboring nations. Zechariah 12, 6. In fact, he claims even the weakest soldier among them will be like David, King David in Zechariah 12, verse 8. Now I want you to remember the story about David. Now, while he still, he was still a little boy, He took on the most fearsome warrior of his time, a giant named Goliath. Uh Uh-huh. He won because God was on his side. That's why David won. It didn't matter that he was a little boy. It doesn't matter how small or how big your problem is. Your God is bigger. As long as God is on your side, we all know the verse. It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Now, I want you to notice. If there are any similarities between David and the nation of Israel today, Hmm? what are the odds that Israel winning four conventional wars in a 25 year period? Israel barely cracks the top 100 nations in terms of population, but its military consistently ranks among the most powerful in the world. The whole country is less than 13,000 square miles. Saints. Approximately the size of New Jersey. That's less than one tenth of one percent of the land of the land mass of the surrounding nations that is trying to destroy her. Now, does this sound like a recipe for an exceedingly great army? Yet, that's exactly what the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, is, surrounded. On all sides, a brand new nation that didn't even have a formal military emerge from a, a a a a multi-front war as the victor in 1948. With Syria, Jordan, and Egypt preparing for war, the Israelis struck preemptively in 1967, and the result was they achieved overwhelming victory in just six days, saints, caught by surprise on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a day of atonement for for Judaism, okay, back in 1973. Her enemies, almost cut Israel in half within 48 hours, but the Israeli defense force quickly won back all the territory it lost in the opening days of the war and the world had formed a truce with the IDF at the gates of Cairo and Damascus. Against all odds, Israel always seems to come out on top. You guys need to think about that. Don't you ever go up against Israel? Okay. While many of Israel's neighbors would love to see the Jewish state destroyed, they've overlooked an important point. Uh Uh-huh. They overlooked one very important point, a promise made by God. That's what they are overlooking. And that promise is that Israel will stand forever. According to the book of Amos, God promised to bring his people back from their faraway lands of exile and firmly plant them in Israel, never to be uprooted again. Amos nine verses 11 through 15. And I want you to to pay attention to what I'm saying, saints, because this is Bible truth that is unfolding before our very eyes. So I want you to hear this one more time. And I'm going to repeat it. God said, The Jews are in Israel never to be uprooted again. Amos chapter nine, verses 11 through 15. Never saints. Now, given the impeccable track record of the Bible prophecy, this should be a clear message to Israel's enemies. Despite the longing of millions of Muslims to destroy her and despite um, Amadadjadad's promise to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. God has other plans for Israel. Now, I don't know about you, but I would never bet against God, but tens of millions of Muslims are more than willing to bet against the God of Israel. They continue to pursue their dream of of pushing the Jews into the sea with the same level of enthusiasm and determination they had back then. They aren't deterred by more than six decades of failure they have been failing for six decades to try to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. They still believe. And, and, and if I offend you, it's not intentional, but if you are offended, so be it. They still believe that quote unquote, Allah will come through and throughout the world. Millions of non-Muslims believe it too. Yeah. These people don't think that, that the God of Israel actually exists. When in fact, they are the ones serving the idol God. That's why God promised to make himself known through fulfillment of his promises to Israel. God says he will punish those who mistreat exiles. Talking about Israel in Ezekiel 28 verses 25 and 26. And he will execute his judgment on those around Israel who hate them. Ezekiel 28, 25, 26 again. So Islamic dreams of the uh, uh, future destruction of Israel are just that. They are just dreams. Israel isn't going anywhere, saints. Not only will she survive as promised, but her enemies will be the ones that are destroyed. Okay, even if the Bible did predict these events. The Bible claims Israel's neighbors will lay claim to her and try to wipe her off the map at a specific time in history. Now, when the time of Israel's iniquity comes to an end, according to the prophet Ezekiel 35, verse five, in other words, When God brings his people back into the land of Israel where the Gentiles and or either their iniquity has ended and it ended when God brought them back into the land of Israel and Judah. okay. so when God brings his people back into the land of Israel after they've been scattered among the nations in a long exile, that's the point in time when her neighbors will be so belligerent and so aggressive in trying to destroy Israel? And what does the Bible say about the timing of the IDF's emergence as a military power? When does it say Israel will have an exceedingly great army? The Bible says when God's people are regathered, in the land just before the Messiah returns. That's in Ezekiel chapter 12, Ezekiel chapter 36, and Ezekiel chapter 37. You need to read all three of those chapters. When the Jewish people have been brought back from the nations where they were scattered and given the land of Israel by God. That's in Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 17. I hope y'all are following me, saints. I want y'all to think about this. The surrounding nations desperate to wipe Israel off the face of the earth, Israel as a great military power and punishment of the nations that despise Israel. These are all things we see happening today right in front of our eyes. Just watch world news every day. You will see it. We see these events playing out in the aftermath of a restored Israel, just as the prophets foretold it. Now, in the book of Ezekiel, God promised to reveal himself to the nations first by gathering his people from among the nations where he scattered them. Yes, God did scatter his people because they had the tendency of turning their backs on God and worshiping idol gods. And because of God's promise to Israel's forefathers, Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he kept his promise to them because see, we break our promises, but God doesn't break his. That's the reason why he still shows mercy and grace to Israel today, because Israel was known and is known to turn their backs on the living God, the God who created the heavens and the earth. And we already know From the two previous episodes, that the gathering of the Jews back in the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem, um, as we see now, are events that precede the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you guys to make sure y'all read Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 25 and 26. OK, because God promised to punish the surrounding nations that that just spew hate against Israel. I want you all to read that. Anybody coming up against Israel will not win that war. God promised to destroy Israel's enemies, which is why the United States better remain allies with Israel. I know I will. I will continue to support Israel until we don't have to support them no more until the second coming of the Messiah. Okay, now the second coming of of Christ Jesus, uh, I want you guys to, to, to hear me out now. Hear me good. The reaction of Israel's neighbors to the gathering of those Jews is simply further confirmation that Jesus stands at the door. So as I conclude this episode, Saints, I know it was short, but that's why I decided to share episode eight tomorrow. I have an engagement to attend today. So that's why I wanted to cut it short. But I'm going to conclude by telling you this. The seemingly perpetual Arab-Israeli conflict is centered on a tiny sliver of land, less than one-tenth of one percent of the entire Middle East Within that nation, all the focus is on a single city of 48.3 square miles. Now, nevertheless, it's this land that commands the attention of the entire world. Now, despite the best efforts of her enemies, the Bible says that Israel will never again be uprooted from the land. God has given to the Jews that land belongs to the Jews. Amos chapter nine, verses 13 through 15. Now I'll repeat that again because it can't be overemphasized saints. There isn't going to be another dispersion and regathering of the Jewish people. Okay. Okay. The time of the exile for the Jews is over. The Jews are in Israel to stay. And if Israel is here to stay, then future wars that are waged against Israel will result in either a draw or further Israeli victory. Just as we've seen time and time again since 1948. But that won't always be clear in the world's eyes. Okay, they don't know Bible truth. In yet another sign of the second coming of the Messiah, the Bible says that before Jesus returns, Israel will be the object of a surprise invasion. Now, while Israel sits alone with no allies to defend her, the world will watch as a distinct alliance of nations moves in to destroy Israel. Now, when I was born, this particular alliance of nations didn't exist. In fact, it had never existed. But you know what? For the first time in all of recorded history, saints, we see that alliance of future invaders coming together. And I will share that alliance word by word, saints, tomorrow during episode eight. I know this message was short, but I I know it's powerful and I hope it keeps you interested because this is Bible truth. Now, I want you to stay um, online so that you can hear invitation to accept Christ because he is returning whether you believe it or not. You don't have to believe it. And don't be like the those virgins now, the ones who didn't have enough oil and the ones who had enough oil when the Messiah returns that they went into their bridegroom. And the door was shut. And then the ones who were procrastinating, they were one foot in the world and one foot out the world. When they came back, they were knocking on the door, but it was too late. The door had been shut. We have a lot of Christians on the fence today. They are uh, living for the world. You can see it all on Facebook or not just Facebook, Facebook, social media. You can see it. They, they are worldly Christians. That's what I call them. They are, they living for the world. They have no clue how to live. Holy. They have no clue how to live for Christ. No, you supposed to be sharing the gospel. That's what we supposed to be doing. You ain't supposed to be promoting yourself, sticking your face out there. I'm a queen. Yes, you are beautiful. I am beautiful and not telling nobody they need Christ Jesus before this world ends. Well, anyway, that's my mission. And that's supposed to be the mission of every Christian. Not everybody is a a teacher. Not everybody is a pastor. Not everybody is an evangelist. Not everybody is a bishop. But I am here to tell you everyone is supposed to prophesy the gospel. Because prophesy is only teaching and sharing. And I'm not talking about the gift of teaching. I was given the gift to teach. I know everybody don't have the gift to teach. But everyone has the gift of prophesying. Which means sharing the gospel. So saints, look. Until we meet tomorrow, treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. And when that door opens, you need to share Christ, share the the, the truth about his love, share the truth about why he died on that cross, why he rose again, and why he is returning. And that is to gather up his people so that we can be saved from the wrath that is coming. So until next time you keep Bible truth in your heart and hang on for an invitation to accept Christ. Love you. If you don't know the risen Savior, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Saints, tomorrow is not promised to you. There will be a time where Jesus Christ will no longer be available to you and those who call upon the Lord will not be saved. So all you have to do, is repeat after me go to Romans chapter 10 and we are going to read verses 9 and 10 you can include verse 11 so that it can give you understanding of verse 9 and 10 so saints God made his salvation plan simple for every man every walk of life every ethnicity every color of skin to come to him and be reconciled to him through the blood of Jesus so let's say this prayer in all sincerity father God I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead and your word says if I confess this that I am saved so father God I believe that Jesus is your son and he is Lord And I confess with my mouth that he is seated at your right hand because you raised him from the dead. Amen. Saints, if you made that confession and you were sincere, you should feel a change in your heart. That is the seal of the Holy Spirit and you are sealed unto the day of redemption and no man can take your salvation away from you. So saints, I want you to join a faith-based teaching church. Contact Learning Bible Truth. You can continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth until you find a church home. Contact us and tell us what area you live in and we will conduct a search and tell you what church is teaching Bible truth and direct you to that church so that you can be baptized. Yes, you are not saved by water baptism, Water baptism is symbolic to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you come up out of that water, you come up as a new man, but you are saved before you get baptized. So, saints, I hope that you were sincere. Play this tape for family and friends. Lead men to the risen Christ for salvation, because there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. And that is the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign, Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign, capital D, lowercase R, capital C, lowercase A-M-A-L-E, capital D, and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out.